Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. You know, sometimes we are a little bit ahead of the game, but I was stunned at how ahead of the game we were with what we talked about last week. Yeah, lineups. Everybody wants to talk about lineups, dangerous lineups, interesting ones. I sent you, I sent you the, the, uh, the dream Red Sox lineup on, on Twitter, and, uh, and then you sent this article of titled MLB's Most Loaded Lineups. We ranked them. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in the everyone's in the prediction game. But let me just tell you what I learned last week is that if you're trying to predict seven through nine, it's not correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I will buy the first four on each of five, maybe yeah, on each yeah, of these yeah. lists. So let's, let's just be clear about that. Uh, you know, check a couple check a couple of the ones that that we've talked about. What would you think? What was your what's your top line result here? I well, well. I think I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty right about the uh, Red Sox lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, but this that's a, like the easiest one though. But look, Mr. Bobby Dell, the Red Sox lineup is easy. See that? So the Red Sox lineup that's listed is your Red Sox lineup, aka Devers at three, Martinez at five. Well, which when is you're talking not the what I through six. That's what I did. Right? Sure, which is not what I predict. No, right. I'm I'm talking about like the key difference here, right? Is who's hitting three, who's hitting five. Well, you don't and... care about eight, eight versus nine. Jackie Bradley Jr. getting up to number eight. Wow. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I agree. improves his value incrementally, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, does it? Well, it's not clear. No. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that one, that one should be easy. Also, I'll, I'll note that they come in at number six as the most loaded lineups, which I, I don't disagree with. I mean, you add Trevor Story, you're going to be important. <laughs> yeah, but, it, I mean, but that means that five teams are ahead, including the Braves, Without Freddie Freeman, it, it is when you look at it, it's good. And can you imagine if Freddie Freeman was there? Well, instead of Matt Olson, but not like Matt Olson is a slouch, but still, Freddie Freeman. Is yeah, better. Matt, o- Matt Olson isn't Freddie Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Your, yeah. your point to Matt is... Olson is not Freddie Freeman. <laughs> yep. Yeah, your, your point is well taken here. I I don't know. I mean. I I don't know. I don't know what to make about this Braves lineup. I mean, Eddie Rosario leading off is. A mood. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a trend, not a uh, not written in stone for certain. Yeah, yeah. Dansby uh, number two. I mean, that would be incredible for Dansby. Value, what is Ozzy right? doing at number six? I don't understand this. This isn't a real lineup. This is not, I actually this is not what's I do happen. not buy this lineup. Right, Ozzy Albie's at number six. We were arguing back and forth about like whether Albies should be number one and then you have him at the you know the bonus number one spot of nine or something. Why like, would you have Dansby Swanson at number two and Ozzy Albies over Ozzy Albies number number six? Only if you think that, that Swanson is gonna be incredible this year. I don't know. Not this guy. Not this guy. Uh another interesting one um was the Astros. Kyle Tucker at six. 
you know, I think that if you put, if I had tasked you to put the Astros lineup together, you might put him at six. How can he be at six given, or is this just really like, this is the ultimate lineup because they have Michael Bradley too. Michael, <laughs> Michael Bradley, Michael Brantley, uh, Michael Bradley, the coach for America, Swansea, not, not going to be uh, in the lineup. Michael Brantley isn't going to play more than 110 games. So who really cares? I mean, it's just Kyle Tucker is just going to jump into number two whenever Brantley's not there. That's a good question. I mean, we should build the lineup and run it. What happens when you don't have Brantley in it? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is like a pessimistic lineup for Kyle Tucker, right? It's like, a, it's like a, well, Kyle Tucker can't actually do what he did last year type lineup. Yeah. I mean, if you think Kyle Tucker of last year is the Kyle Tucker of this year, <laughs> don't put him at six. What no. are you doing? <laughs> well, the, but this is where the this is where fantasy runs into real baseball. You know where it's like for fantasy, Kyle Tucker is uh, you know an all star. Real baseball, he's a guy. Yeah. Okay. He's a guy. He's good. He should probably be hitting one more somewhere in the two through six range on a team on a good team. We'll see. I don't. You don't think so? You think he's going to end up in a two or three? But that's but that's also the fantasy thing. You know, you need to be good at predicting what players are going to take that leap. And a lot of people in the fantasy community think he's going to take that leap. I mean, if he takes that leap, he could beat Brantley on value straight up. All right, I got one more question as we shoot around. ADP data source. I gave you a link to something called fantasydata.com MLB and this is where we're looking at the MLB um, portion should we trust this what do you think well yeah I mean I think we trust this as much as we trust any source that you find online it's fine I mean I <laughs> I wanted you to be like look at you snooping around no I, I think I mean you stuff. trust it as like uh I've I would trust but verify this is not always, yeah. you know, in all these in all these things. And it's kind of hard. I mean, it's hard, like, to to really validate an ADP. I care less about 1 through 10, I think, because, you know, what, whatever. But you have to you have to look a little later in these. And also, it's hard to get in, get in your way back machine and remember exactly what was happening at the start of last season. I mean, I'm looking, you know, glancing at this. You sent me the 2021 rankings. Vlad Guerrero Jr. at 49. And it's like, well, that's wrong. But you're like, oh, yeah, but but last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yep, year, yep. is that, is yeah, you that gotta right? Go back. Is that what I thought? Gotta like, go back. I know. I know. It's too low. It's exactly like, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I mean, obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. won. It, it's pretty much, yeah. Remember when Mookie Betts was yeah. a top five pick? Mookie Betts was consensus <laughs> top five. I mean, this isn't like. This Oof. isn't. This wasn't even really up for debate at the time. Boy, this this first three yeah, of twenty twenty one: Acuna, Betts, Tatis. That didn't pan out. Now did that? No. Yeah, especially if you had game games played as a category. Wow, are you hurting? If you drafted from this list this year, Soto is about the best you're going to do. Look, Gear Cole, probably the yeah, Trey Turner, probably. Anyways. I just just wanted to, you know, just digging around online. I know ADP is going to be a really difficult thing, but we need to sort of help people find stuff. So if you want to find that ADP source, fantasydata.com, sure, maybe. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll play it around, validate this sucker a little bit more. This week, 
we're going to go back to the synthetic player picking ABM. Um, we're going to talk about player picking for 2021. Let's redo the 2021 draft so we can validate the results. I can set up maybe some testing. Who's going to set up some testing? I will. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said you're going to maybe set up some testing. I was like, well, maybe, but... Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see. Aspirational. Um, yeah. All right. No, I'm down. This is great. This, we're we're notes. just in the Wayback Machine to this week. <laughs> just going back to 2021. It's good. It's fun. One year ago, half the pandemic ago. A uh, couple notes and questions. So I started doing. I started doing this. I started firing up the uh, synthetic drafting, um, synthetic player picking tool. You know, it's really interesting, and we're still far off. And I think that we do end up wanting to try to use this for a Sloan paper next year. But some. But we got to do some validation on the sucker, and we also, you know, we make assertions every single week, and sometimes we need to figure out a way to test. We mostly test our assertions. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is the whole philosophy of the bet box, right? <laughs> yeah, put your, put it, put it down, and, and then um, find out who's, who's more right. Well, the problem is when we both agree and we make wild assertions, right? Because then we're who's. <laughs> well, okay, so, so you're saying that as we're going to preview later, we always need a null hypothesis for us to battle against. Maybe we should battle against a null hypothesis. Maybe we okay. should have. <laughs> have a separate uh have a separate one all right a couple notes and questions before we kind of get into trying to redraft 2021 through the synthetic player picking abm number one i'd mentioned this before we need to talk about years (laughs) we need to make sure that all the mechanism can grab things by year always oh it's a huge pain it's every every website does it differently, right? So every every scraping tool has to be custom built, and and the problem is people often use the current year as very different from previous years. <laughs> so the way that you the way that you scrape down previous year data is a huge pain. Yeah, luckily, luckily the um, the way that we scrape down the data for all for 2020, um, 2021 could be de- could be reused for 20, 2020 except i had to find like the start day start day of the year date time um as in like the season started on day 200 instead of date 87 isn't that wild yeah no 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 really, I, it really puts it in perspective i know i know the date time difference yeah, yeah. How, how late the season started but anyways repurpose what we had was able to scrape down that data good great Step one. Step two, putting in year as a variable in function. I reset everything to default to 2021. So year equals 2021 and all the functions in Python helped. But now I have to pass years through everywhere. Uh, So that was nice and fun. Um, But, you know, once that stuff was kind of done, that's done, it's great. Now we can draft. We can play or pick across different years as long as we specify it. But as I was getting through the mechanism, I finally realized I had to deal with Luis Garcia and Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani showing up twice. Why? Honestly, some relic in there where it, it's he's represented as a pitcher and a hitter in two different lines. <laughs> so we're gonna get. So we're gonna kind of get in the weeds here. But this is this is a problem of using 
a name as a, as a unique identifier when the name is not unique. But that's why StatCast and ESPN and all of these other big aggregators use a number under the hood for players. Yeah, under the hood there's a number. Right. Yeah. But it's so annoying as somebody else scraping it down because it's a level of abstraction that helps the computer, but it is super annoying if you're trying to interpret things. Right, because if we want to, if we really want to deal with this problem, which right now I've, I've hard coded out, Luis Garcia. Um, I, think for, I think for one player that's appropriate, right? Yeah, yeah. For for one player, for right now, who cares? Um, sorry, you will not get the, you will not get the San Diego Padre, Luis Garcia, or the Washington National one in the in this example when we do this. But to really deal with it, yeah, we're gonna we'll have to we'd have to set up the key, and then have like put in the unique identifier in as the the player through all of this and then at the very end of it be like oh hey player number 600,044 slash d luis garcia that's right of the houston astros (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean obviously that's how they that's obviously that's the reason that the that the mlb is dealing with this because they're dealing with you know historical players too so you've got mm-hmm. a huge yeah. number of doubled names yeah. as somebody with as somebody yeah. with a name that could easily be doubled i understand <laughs> i understand where they're coming from michael peterson yeah that's right never been another one um yeah there, there are a lot of players that yeah they're, they're, they're different ones uh well fast willie hamilton yeah billy hamilton willie fast billy hamilton okay one last little a little thing that I spent way more time on than I should have. Innings pitch representations, which we've talked about before. So a lot of websites will represent innings pitched as an integer for the inning, full innings pitched. And then 0.1, 0.2 for a third of an inning and two-thirds of an inning. You know what 0.1 doesn't equal? 0.33? Yeah. I will just firmly say that that representation is wrong and it drives me insane. <laughs> and I, you know, I spend all of the time coding things as 0.3 repeating and 0.6 repeating because it's like, this is actually yeah. relevant. I would like it. I would like a continuous data set, please. Like, why are you doing this? Why you're doing this is because it's infinite, right? Sure. That's, that's the problem. And I will say in, in trying to do it that way, um, so I, it's so frustrating because I tried to invent this system that would be so flexible mm. that it would take to, um, to like get the stats for the entire season. It would aggregate up all the weeks, right? Awesome. I forgot about this little representation, the innings pitched. So yep. the ERAs and whips were off. And I was like, why is this? And I realized, oh, there we go. Duh. I fix it there. I figure out that there's another spot in which it doesn't assume that it was fixed. So Aww. I have to fix that. Now, we're still I'm still a tiny bit off on these for the cumulative rounding error because it it's not representing it as 0.3 repeating. It's representing it as like 0.333 or 0.3333. Yeah. And you can So over yeah. Over the, over 26 weeks of a season Wherever no one ever gets, it's very rare that you get a full inning. It it accumulates up, so people are ending up the season with one hundred eighty two point four 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 four, 
<laughs> let me let me throw you a possible solution here that I sure. okay Let's hear that I played around with a couple of years ago. Uh, outs, number of outs, and then at the end, so you, you converted at the end. Yeah. So carry yeah. carry integers around, and then at the very end, divide by three. Okay, we we can we can talk about that in the system. I think for the that is something that we should, well I mean we should probably implement the um, unique identifier key for players, but it's it's a long on the wish list. Total outs, it might be more likely. It might be more likely. Yeah. Okay. It's fine ish right now. The ERAs aren't appreciably off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, they're going to be less off for guys that pitch regularly. It's bad for the, I don't know, the Michael Kopex or something. Yeah. Lance Lynn is like, why is this slightly off? Of course. Yeah. And with Lance Lynn, you're like, this shouldn't be slightly off. He's just a machine. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, so there was a lot of stuff that I was working on this week, I guess, in preparation for what I would like the two of us to endeavor in, which is mostly going to be, I'll, I'll do it but I need your thought process here. Now, you and I had thrown around the idea of doing a Stats 101 kind of segment, yeah. a couple of podcasts together yeah. where we do stat stuff. I'm proposing that we talk a little bit about um, episode zero of that. Let's talk about null, uh, null hypotheses and specifically hypothesis testing. I'm super down. I mean, I think that's an excellent spot to start any uh, any sort of lesson plan for this. Do you, do you have like a, a go-to like way to explain hypothesis testing? I, I mean, I think I think the natural. I mean, off the top of my head, nice. Uh, I think the the natural <laughs> way. Put you on the spot. I have to. Well, it's really tough for some, especially someone like like you, Mike, is that you're you just live and breathe this kind of thought process. And like for someone who's outside of the scientific method. For someone outside of the scientific method who hasn't talked about it since I don't know tenth grade chemistry, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's a little bit harder to, to get your head around. I think what we have to do is we have to work on okay. So to first order, I think of it as sort of like um, benchmark testing, right? Like you take like you take like whatever some classic idea that's been around for a super long time, and you compare your idea against that. I mean, hypothesis testing is fundamentally just coming up with making the prediction before you actually do the test, right? And the art of yeah. coming up with that prediction is in coming up with the test that then proves that prediction or disproves that prediction is the real challenge. And that's what we're trying to set up with, what we're trying to set up here, I think. So, right, because we need to, yeah, we oftentimes get get a little bit of our, get a little bit ahead of ourselves and then start like really working on it and hypothesis testing says okay well at the very outset let state explicitly what it is that you're trying yes. to understand and then in that first step state the null hypothesis so the opposite of what you're trying to um test and then see if you can disprove that because if you can disprove the opposite of what you're trying to test then there's there's no way that you can actually go along with the testing <laughs> there's there's nothing to test yeah i mean yeah yes yes it gets it gets it gets 
more complicated than that. Yes. Yes, I I agree with that. I don't think I don't think that the null hypothesis always has to be exactly the opposite of what you're trying to test. No, not no, no, no. But once you get past classical uh, examples, <laughs> sure. I I mean I think some, sometimes the null hypothesis is can we gain any? Is there any additional information to gain here? Right, and then the answer is the answer is no. And that's I don't consider that to be the opposite. Right. I mean that's like that's what I was saying about benchmarking is that. You know, well, we designed this model we that we think is actually doing better than this other model, and then we test: is it doing better than the other model? The null hypothesis would be: no, it's not doing better than the other model. But that's not exactly the opposite. Right. Right. No. Yeah. Opposite. I, I'm using opposite, which you're explicitly not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Supposed to test it. And this just goes to show why we need like our literal stats 101 null hypothesis definition and discussion. And, and we need to get better. I mean, we need to get good at, as you exactly said, we need to get good at setting up the null hypothesis for all of our little experiments that we keep doing. Like we should have last week's discussion on eighty on uh, lineup position would be improved if we had a null hypothesis for the lineup positions, right? But then we yeah, have to go through like how do we do that? You know, and that's a big project. How do you do that? Unless we've set up our stats one on one. And the same thing's true for here, right? I mean, what it, what is the null hypothesis for ADP going to be? Yeah, so I, you, you made a statement uh, a couple weeks back that said that ADP, essentially, you shouldn't rank on ADP. It should be used as a tool for determining when to draft a guy because ADP mm-hmm. doesn't isn't a, a suitable ranking system. And I would like to set up a test, test that assertion, so what would be the null hypothesis of that? Would essentially be the null hypothesis of the ADP is cannot be used for ranking is that ADP can be used for ranking. Yeah. So the null hypothesis is that there is correlation and the hypothesis that I put forth is that it's consistent with random. But we could invert that, yes. right? Where where we could say, well, and actually it's probably a better posed question to 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 revert that and say we're going to test for correlation the null hypothesis is that it's random right Right, because that's defined random is defined (laughs) is a better definition for something to test against than correlation which is nebulous (laughs) some sort of there's some sort of correlation right that's why you always test for randomness first is it random so we should okay I actually so but this is the type of thing we need to practice right we need to we need to have like our cheat sheet that which is exactly what a stats one on one thing does is helps us build the cheat sheet for like pose your question against randomness <laughs> yeah. or you know pose your question against the the linear fit <laughs> i mean like we need the basics okay i think that about brings us to the review session jacob de gram jacob de gram i think uh, more good mound presence yeah on first sight Okay. Yeah. But I'll, I'll do stats. Did, was he scarier with the hair or without the hair? With the hair. Okay. Let's hear. How, how good is he? All right. Well, he's uh, 15 games good last year. But in those 15 Ooh. games, <laughs> he, he was very good. Seven wins, two losses, 1.08 ERA. Uh, is that good? And then. Um, I think that's good. In the 92 innings that he pitched, 146 strikeouts and a .55 whip. Those numbers are insane. Those numbers are so good. 
But then, you know, I've been reading this baseball book, the like top hundred top top hundred players by this one guy's metric. It's so different to compare a guy from this era to the guys who was like, well, Sandy Koufax had complete games every time that he went out there. Like the expectation was like, not I'm gonna strike out twenty guys. It's like you're gonna pitch the whole game, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna complete the game. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, base it, assumption. Yeah, but was, if we're, we're Jacob Degrom would have failed. We're seeing the three true outcomes outcomesification of pitchers here, right? Exactly. I mean, that's exactly. that's what you're that's what you're seeing. You know, we talk all the time about three true outcomes on the batting side, but you're seeing mm-hmm. three true outcomes play out on the pitching side, and you're seeing Jake Degrom is excellent at doing that. And he gets pulled. He gets pulled at the right time for him. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. We should look at how many innings he. I wish I could find easily how many innings he averages. Oh, in a game. I mean, okay. I'm look. I'm looking at what he did last year. He's got a lot of sevens, a lot of sixes, a lot of sevens, but fives. He's got one complete game. It just doesn't. He's got a three. I mean, you know. Well, we're still. I mean, you and I are still coming in from the, like the late aughts kind of system of thinking which isn't a complete game but it's like good pitcher is going to go seven and change yeah. he's going to get taken out of the eighth inning for a specialist to come in there mop it up in that inning and then the closer is going to come in you know that is an ace that's yep. what we think of as an ace that doesn't exist anymore nowadays it's like you're going to get through six and put everything out there and make sure that they don't have a chance. And then um, either you're going to get taken out of the seventh inning or you might not even go into the seventh inning. We might even take you out of the sixth inning. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing what are obviously favorable pulls here, right? Because it's like, well, he got pulled after five, but he'd only given up one earned run. So it's not like he's blowing right. up at this point. Um, but it's, it's about how many times through the order now because they know that there's a drop off. When you're seen, right? When you're seen the third time, that's where things start to get interesting. The hitters are finally timing you. Yep. No, ab- absolutely. And so, uh, this is funny because because we switched immediately to like, here's what's wrong with Jacob Degrom. Whereas, fantasy wise, this is incredible value, right? He's very it's, good. It's good, and he's it's going outside the top ten. It's good <laughs> if your manager decides to pull you early in a fantasy sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Like, he got 146 strikeouts last year in 92 innings. Like, let's say that he pitched a full season of somewhere near that clip. That's Those are otherworldly numbers. But when was the last time he did that? Twenty. Well, I guess 2020 is sort of... But, it's, I mean, his stats, are in, his stats are pretty incredible in terms of the percentile rankings here, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is so good at everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice when your fastball distribution peaks at 99, right? Like your most, your most frequently thrown mile an hour pitch is a ninety nine mile an hour fastball. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something to be something to be said there for that. Um, he's got a monster. Should we just call ourselves experts right now? <laughs> yeah. Monster chase rate. Right. I mean, if you're if you're one hundred percentile in the chase rate, you're missing some bats. And I, you know, I gave you those really sterling numbers from last year, but his career numbers, his career ERA is two point five. Yeah, I mean, it's very good. He's been, I mean, I remember him coming up at at first and just being like, where did this guy come from and why is he so good? And he was was good immediately. Yep. Even though he came up a little bit later, 27 was 
real season. Well, he had kind of a he had kind of the the slow roll <laughs> that you might expect. So I I feel like we're I'm starting to see the trend here of some of the injured injured pitchers in the slider. Hard slider for sure. I mean, he throws a hard slider, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a taxing pitch. It's not cuz I I mean, it's it's a very taxing pitch in the sense that a curve you're at least like something might be coming off of it a little bit. A slider, you're still throwing as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> uh-huh. Just with some spin. And then, yeah, and so you need your yeah, your your elbow is going to try to get that extra spin, especially when you're losing it and you're not getting it with just your fingers. Yeah, and, and you know, it should be said, Jacob DeGrom is not not a spring chicken, right, at this point. He's our age. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, come on, man. No, but but yeah, in his bird year. How long can you pitch? How long can you pitch a 99 mile an hour average fastball? Not very long. Yeah, exactly. No, that's why. And he's already done it. I mean, that's why so many power pitchers they they like do that early in their career, and then they go down to they yeah. bulk up, and they they they're throwing 95, and that's and it's heavy. It's a heavy 95 that they're throwing, yeah. but he's still slight. No, he's he's got space to bulk up for sure. I mean, they're, yeah. they're listing him at six four one eighty. That's it's not Chris Sale, but it's not a big guy. No, that's that's. I mean, seriously, that's like my weight, but stretched and out yeah. five <laughs> yeah. inches. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing exactly. That's what I'm saying. What are you doing, dude? Eat a burger, or something. <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, I think there's a lot to like here. Assuming well, it's, he's healthy, I know, well, it, 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 we should just it's, we've we've gone with the like. Not dissing him, but like talking about what his flaws are. We've talked about how awesome he is when he plays. Let's put some numbers out there. Innings pitched. What what number do we do we want to go off of his? Uh, do we want to just put a two hundred? What do you got? Innings pitched on two hundred. Are you insane? Yep. Okay, let's say one ninety. Um. Right. Okay. So you're coming at this because he had prior to the COVID shortened season, he had three over 200 inning pitched seasons Mm -hmm. um i don't see any way the mets do that they don't have to rely on him as the only ace on that team they but if you're able to get 400 innings out of him and scherzer that team has to win just based on that they have to win 85 games and get to that one game playoff (laughs) yeah i mean i but i'm saying my point is that you pick up scherzer that also helps to relieve some of the bullpen pressure, right? You can bring mm-hmm. in other guys. You can shorten Jake DeGrom's, you know, after an injury season. He hasn't pitched, you know, he hasn't pitched since early July in a in a game. No. Yeah, but how much of that was they just are like, we're not doing anything this year? So. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, how? So, okay. So, you're taking the under. I'm taking the, yeah, on, okay. On. One. So 189.5. Very long-winded way of saying at 189.5, I will take the under. Okay. I will, I'll take the over because I think that it's going to be just like dueling banjos here, him and Scherzer this year. All right. Ks. Where shall we set the over-under at? 200? For you, this, this is a completely different category You said 200 here. for Ks? 200 Ks. Way over. You need to go way over. I'd go over too. But 215. Under. Somewhere between two and two fifteen. What about two twelve? I mean look at okay, two twelve is great. Two twelve point five, you're taking the under. Two twelve point five, I will take the under. I mean his career, right, is twelve sixty one innings pitched, fifteen oh five strikeouts. 
I mean, so so his his last year is like incredibly anomalous. Yeah, not incredibly, but it's anomalous. Okay, so so that's so that's where I had to get you to be under is one eighty nine point five and two twelve point five. You're taking the under on yes. both of those. I'm not gonna do wins because who cares? And they don't like to score for him. There's no. I don't think that we're gonna debate ERA and WHIP. It doesn't matter. Those those. That's not what we care about with Jacob Degrom. It's just how many innings pitches is he gonna get, and then is he gonna be able to have like, even if he doesn't have over 200 innings, which you probably you know I'm taking that higher higher risks out on that. Still, he could still get, he could get 250 strikeouts sure. in far fewer innings. No, I I I don't I don't dispute that. You're right. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Easy. Where where what's his ADP at the end of the year? Uh, like if we were doing a redraft at the end of the year? No, 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 no. What's the? Uh, sorry. What's the? What's his ADP um, at the end of uh, of the spring? Oh, this this end of spring, you're saying? Uh huh. It's gonna creep. This year. It's gonna creep up. I bet. I mean, what? Where is he going right now? It's fifty. Uh, his ADP is eighteen. I think. I think he'll go up. I think fifteen is probably a good number. I mean, you see him pitching in the preseason. That's what you really needed to see. Just. Just remind all the fans out there, like, what is it he's got? Oh, yeah, Again, no, he's still good. You haven't seen him pitch in a game since early July of last year. I know. Going through the the player picker, it's just he is the best pitcher, and then he's gone. Yep. He's the best pitcher, hands down, far and away, and then he's just gone. Exactly. Okay, so you're saying, all right, so you're going to take an ADP. If I set it at 15.5, you're going to take under? Yes. He's going, he just every day he keeps going up, risen yep. five spots in the past fifteen days. Yep. Okay, fine. I'll do fifteen point five at the at the end of uh, the end of the spring. Let's see. All right, who are we doing next week? Next week we're going to talk about Brandon Woodruff. He's good too. He's good too. <laughs> Some good pictures out there. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.